Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. The Bible says this, David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and they ran. There's just something to be said about finishing off whatever it is that you're trying to get out of the way from you getting from here to there. Often we make progress, we make a significant amount of progress, and then we get distracted by something else. We get disrupted by something in our lives, but you have to finish the job. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. It has been said that God always wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. But in order for that to happen, there must be a breakthrough. That godly breakthrough will always take you to a better place and make you more of the person God created you to be. Is that the kind of breakthrough you desire in your life? Do you desire a godly breakthrough in your marriage, in your finances, in your faith, or in some other area of your life, areas of your life that are falling short? His breakthrough often won't bring what we want. Instead, it will bring better than we could ever imagine. Our prayer is through this series, you will be able to experience a breakthrough that takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Please enjoy the message. But when David looks out there, he sees an army and he sees an army with God. He has a totally different perspective on this situation. And your perspective of the giants in your life is connected to the success that you will have against those particular giants. Have any of you here ever lost a contact lens? Any of you online? Oh yeah, a lot of, a lot of you, you're, you're, you don't even, yeah, more, more than I can count probably, more than I can count. How many of you ever had a kid who lost a contact lens? I mean, that's, that's gotta be frustrating. A few of you maybe, a few of you online probably. I heard about a boy who lost a contact lens in his backyard. And it was no, he spent 30, 40 minutes trying to find that contact lens. And then he finally went inside to his mom and he said, Mom, I'm so sorry, I've lost this contact lens. And she said, well, that's all right. I'll go out there and see if I can find it. A few minutes later, she comes in and she says, I found your contact lens. And he said, well, how'd you, how'd you do it? And she said, well, you were looking for a contact lens, but I was looking for $250. So you see, perspective often is connected to success. Perspective matters. And when it comes to what we are doing for the Lord, perspective is incredibly important. Because you just can't get caught up in the mountain. You can't get caught focusing on the mountain in front of you. You've got to look at the mountain mover above you. That you can't just focus on the problem. You have to focus on the promises that God has given you to overcome the problems. You can't just get caught up in, the, in Pharaoh's army that's coming at you from behind. you got to look at the Red Sea that is in front of you that God has parted. You can't just focus on the lions that you're being thrown to that have been starved to devour you. you got to focus on the angels that are coming to save you. It's all about perspective. And David's perspective was, there's an army, here's an army with God. And so what is your perspective on your life? Do you have a perspective of there's a person, I'm a person, and we're just going to roll the dice and see how this works out? There's an impediment there that I need to have a breakthrough on, 
and I just need to do the best I can to get through it? Or is it, there's something there, I know I can't get through it on my own, like that song we sang just a few minutes ago, Living Hope, we can't climb that mountain. We can't make ourselves right with God without Jesus. And thank God that we don't have to. And whatever that thing is, if you're trying to do it on your own, it's not going to happen. But if you begin or you decide to do it with the Lord, then perhaps there can truly be breakthrough. And as the text goes on, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul and David had a relationship prior to this, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not about to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a boy, and he has been fighting, he's been a fighting man from his youth. Saul is, a, Saul is an expert in fighting, in, in war, and he's advising David to not take on this giant. If you read earlier in the text, Eliab, David's brother, does the same thing. You will have well-meaning people in your life, perhaps even experts, who will tell you, do not try to take that problem on. Don't try to have that breakthrough. Instead, just give up on the marriage, just file the bankruptcy, just quit the job, just keep your faith to yourself, just do church by yourself, just exaggerate the numbers on your taxes. It's not a big deal. Well-meaning people will tell you that. When I was about to propose to my wife, Laura, my mother advised me on numerous occasions to not do it. She did not want me to get engaged. And we went round and round and round about it, and I'm sorting it all out with her, and eventually I just said, you know, I just, I can't listen to you. And then even the night that I proposed to her, we walk into this little gathering that we had as a family to celebrate get this engagement. The first thing she says to me is, you sure, you sure are young to be getting married. And I'm like, I'm almost 30. What are you talking about? What's going, I'm not 20. I'm almost like, what do you, what do you mean? And then at my ordination, I'm at my ordination, my family, they come to my ordination and one of the first family members walks in and says, you just had to be a preacher, didn't you? You just had to be a preacher. And I still have family come to me, even up to this day. So are you, so you about done with that church thing? You gonna go, were you ready? You done with that? You gonna go do something else? And I'm like, sweet God, sweet Jesus. Like what family have you born me into? <laughs> but I can't listen to them. Because if I listen to them, then I can't listen to him. Yeah. If, I, if I'm trying to do what they want me to do, then I can't do what he wants me to do. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? 
because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives and we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And you will have well-meaning people in your life who will say, don't do it. Don't go for it. Don't try to have that breakthrough because if you do, don't do it because if you try, you're going to fail. And on your own, you might fail. But you're not on your own. You've got a God who loves you and he cares for you and he gave his son for you and he placed his spirit within you who is with you. And David knew that. And so David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear or a bear came and carried off a sheep and from the flock, and I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and I struck it and, I, and he killed it. And so David is saying, hey, I've got, I've got success. I've had some victories. And then Saul goes on and Saul dressed him in his armor and, and imagine a scene in which this little peewee football player just comes out of a tent with, with NFL shoulder pads and an NFL helmet. I mean, it just isn't going to fit. And, and David is saying, this isn't going to work. I, I can't wear this. And he took them all off. But David didn't need Saul's equipment. David just needed the Lord's empowerment. And I guess if I was to say anything about whatever it is that you need to take on, what you need to go after to get from here to there, is that you'd main, you don't need another conference. You don't need another book. You probably don't even need to sit down and get more counsel. You just need the Lord. And you need to be willing to go forward with him. But as we look at this text, there's some lessons that we have learned, and there's some lessons that we will learn. Okay, as the story fleshes out. The first one that we've already learned is this, and this is so important when it comes to taking on giants when it comes from going to here to there, is that we have to have the right motive. Because often the motive is about, if we were to be really honest, a little more notoriety, a little bit bigger name, maybe even a little bit more affluence. David, he wrote approximately 150 psalms, 150 or so psalms, okay? In those psalms, do you know how many times he mentioned Goliath, zero. If it was me, it would have been like every other psalm. I would have been like, dude, this just reminds me of that time I had Goliath in the valley. Uh, that, 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 the weather, this weather, it was just like that day in the valley. I, it, it, been, I'd be bringing it back every chance I got. But David's motive wasn't himself. Again, he was about serving the Lord. He's saying, who is this Philistine out there coming after the living God? And much later in life, he even advises his son with some similar advice to have the right motive. He says this, and you, Solomon, my son, you serve him, God, with your whole heart, wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts 
If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And he's saying, go after God. Go after what God has for you, but have the right motive in doing it. The second lesson that we learned from David in taking on giants is this, is put your confidence in God and not, not in yourself. He, he said this in the text about the bear and the lion. He said, the Lord rescued me from the hand of the Philistine. Well, rescue me from the hand of the Philistine because the Lord already rescued me from the paw of a lion and the paw of a bear. God, God has a pattern of showing up in his life in great ways. And David, he started with a bear, he went to a lion, and now he's graduating up into a Goliath, a giant. That's his testimony. And giant killers always build on past successes. My help comes from the Lord, David wrote, the maker of heavens, heaven and earth. And he knew that to be true because he had experienced that again and again and again. And he was building on the past successes that he has had. And that's the way his mind was wired. It's like putting. If you, if you stand over a putt on a course, you're about five feet away and you're standing there and you're trying to read the putt and you're trying to line it up and you're just thinking, I don't know if I can make this, I don't know if I can make this, I don't know if I can make this, you're probably not gonna make it. But if you get up to that putt and you're thinking, wow, you know what, I made this putt 10 times when we were practicing before we came out. I made this putt 15 times before we came out. You know what, you're gonna have a much better chance of making that putt. And we need to rewire our minds, not just in our golf games, but also in it, how it is that we live our, out our faith. And the Bible tells us this, that if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. The Bible tells us this is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith, referring to Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. And I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So no matter what it is that you are going up against, you can have these types of promises to be circulating through your mind. David and the Israelite army said, Goliath is so big, we can't beat him. But David didn't think that way. He said, he's so big, I can't miss him. And so, <laughs> he, was leaning into the, he was leaning into the Lord, and that's where his confidence was. The third lesson that we learn in this story is you have to stay with your strengths. Stay with what it is that you're good at. Again, let's come back to the text. David had taken off, David had taken off Saul's armor, but he took up his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag with his sling in his hand and approached the Philistine. There's just something to be said about sticking with what you're good at. It's like the NCAA basketball tournament. I've seen this happen again and again. A coach will have a way that they've played all season. He'll have a lineup he or she will have a lineup that they've used the entire year and then they change it when they come up against a big opponent. And then they get beat. And often they get beat badly. Now it's not to say that if they would have stuck with their lineup or they would have stuck with their game plan that they would have won, but they probably would have had a much better chance. There's always this temptation to switch things up when we're going up against something big, something that's bigger than us. But... God is saying, I'm already bigger than that thing. And you just need to stick with how it is that I've wired you, gifted you, the experiences that I have gave you, and you just build on those past successes. 
The fourth lesson that we learn here is that we need to verbally give honor to God. What do I mean by that? Well, look at this passage of scripture here. He said to David, this is Goliath speaking, am I a dog that you would come at me with sticks? Again, he's talking trash. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and beasts of the field. And so how does David respond? Does David respond back trying to one-up him in trash talk? No, this is what David says. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have divided. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give all of you into our hands. I mean, that is incredible what he says there. I don't know if you counted as I was reading. Six times he gives honor to God in that passage of Scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. When you come up against something that's big, when you come up against a challenge, maybe we need to think about, maybe you need to think about how God can work in that situation. And that's all that, that was the only thing that David was focused on in this particular situation. And so in a situation in which a professor ridicules you, or maybe a very intellectual friend of yours makes light of your faith, you can say, I can't explain everything in the Bible, but I do believe it. Or when a doctor gives up on you, you say, well, I believe there's a God in heaven who answers prayer and he still performs miracles. When Satan puts doubts within you about life after death, you say, I believe in life after death because God raised Jesus from the grave. And this is the story that God has given us. And the Bible tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And when Peter and John stood before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 4, they said, quit talking about Jesus 
And they said, judge for yourselves whether or not it's right to talk about him. But for us, we can't help speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. And they're just continually giving honor and praise to God. The fifth lesson is move toward the giant rather than running away from him, running away from it. The text says this, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it around and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. Look at that. He ran quickly toward the thing. He quit trying to put it off. He quit sort of sorting through it. He quit trying to process it all. He just said, you know what? I'm going to go after this. I've got one shot. If I hold back, he's going to win, but I'm not going to hold back. I'm going after him. And so maybe you need to make the unpleasant phone call early in the day. Maybe you need to write that difficult paper early in the semester. Maybe you need to confront the friend early in the conflict rather than later. The Bible says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands, Lord. Now often this is where we finish this story. Goliath falls, the Israelites win, but there is one more step that David takes that's so important for us to remember. You gotta finish the job. The Bible says this, David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and they ran. There's just something to be said about finishing off whatever it is that you're trying to get out of the way from you getting from here to there. Often we make progress. We make a significant amount of progress and then we get distracted by something else. We get disrupted by something in our lives, but you have to finish the job. Don't quit paying off the debt until your last bill is paid. Don't quit pursuing the degree until the last class is finished. Don't quit on sobriety until your last breath is taken. Finish the job. And that is what we see with Jesus on the cross, is that when he went to the cross, he bore all of your sins, all of your mistakes, all of your shortcomings. Not by a standard which you set or I set, but by a standard that God set. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And that was a mountain that we could not climb to make ourselves right with God again. That was not a, that was not a chasm that we could cross on our own. Instead, Jesus went to the cross and it is there that he cried out after he breathed his last, or right before he breathed his last, it is finished. He finished the job so that everyone who places their faith in him can have forgiveness for their past, can have purpose in this life that takes you from here to there. And when that day comes that you breathe your last, when I breathe my last, we can have confidence that there is a place in heaven for each and every one of us. And each week, we remember that in a time of communion. And here in a moment, our team is going to be leading us in worship. And in this time, we are gonna take communion. And we are going to remember that Jesus went to the cross for us, that he finished, he finished everything. He finished it all off. 
he didn't do part of the job, he didn't do some of the job, he didn't do three quarters of the job, but he finished the job so that we can be made right with him. And so let's have a time of prayer, a time of reflection, this time of communion, in which we remember just that. Would you please pray with me now? And then we're gonna go into a time of worship. And if any point during that worship time, you want to go to one of our elders that'll be on the side, on the back, and pray with them about that breakthrough that you need to have, about that impediment that needs to be removed in your life. They are there for you. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the hope that we have in Christ. Father, we're grateful that he finished the job. And Father, help us in this time to remember the sacrifice that he made. Help us also to remember that you are with us, Lord, and that you are calling us forward to live for you, to live more for you. And so, Lord, help us to do just that. May there be breakthrough in this room today. In Jesus' name. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.